Alright everybody, well, we're here tonight, or this morning, or whenever I record this, I'll let it be a mystery, uh, to talk about Black Widow. I actually just got finished seeing this film like an hour ago, uh, so yeah, really good, really good. I mean, that's, you know, to be expected from Marvel, they basically have this down to a science at this point. Uh, for, okay, for those of you who don't know, this is the Black Widow film, because, you know, Natasha's finally getting her own movie, so, you know, gave for that. Um, it takes place, God, how do I even say this? It takes place before, uh, right after Civil War, but before any of the stuff that happened before Infinity War. So it's like the direct sequel to Civil War, but it's also taking place a few months or years before Infinity War, and I think also Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I think that's all that happened between those. I'm not really sure where the rest of the timeline fits in right now. Um, also, it was supposed to come out before the Marvel Netflix shows, so a lot of the, there was some setup for some stuff that happened there. So, um, spoilers for basically the MCU as a whole. I'm going to try not talking about anything from the more recent stuff, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier until the end. Uh, there is a few connecting threads there. Um, for the most part, though, you just need to look for spoilers for Civil War and maybe some Infinity War stuff if I bother to talk about it. So, yeah. I'm just going to assume everyone here has watched Civil War if you haven't. <clears throat> the Avengers get into a bit of a mix-up uh, and have a Civil War. Captain America versus Iron Man. Black Widow sided with Captain America. There was the Sogovia Accords. These superheroes had to register. They didn't register. So, Black Widow is now being hunted down. Most of Captain America's team is in prison, except for her, except for him and, except for Captain America himself and Black Widow. Black Widow is on the run, being chased by Thunderbolt Ross. Thus, the Black Widow movie starts. Okay, so, you got all that? No? Go watch the rest of the MCU. I don't know what you're doing listening to a review of Black Widow if you haven't, like, followed the last, like, 20 movies at this point. Uh, just watch them. They're mostly good, except for, you can skip Thor The Dark World, I guess, and Iron Man 2 if you're just bored. Uh, those two aren't really worth missing, but, you know, everything else, good. So, now that we've, you know, wrapped up all that nonsense, let's get to Black Widow. We're going to start with some basic non-storily stuff, so let's go. Alright, so this film is kind of interesting. It reminds me a lot of, like, the stuff they did with Captain, uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. It's more of, like, a superhero spy thriller, which is really cool. Uh, the opening scene starts in, like, 1995, where Natasha and her sister, Yelena, are, like, basically being raised as kids by Russian Captain America and the, uh, OG Black Widow, like, you know, the super spy, super spy lady scientist, uh, working for the Russian government as spies in Ohio to infiltrate us some kind of laboratory and steal some important data and then burn the research so nobody else can have access to it. Uh, they end up, you know, fleeing the country that night. Uh, Yelena doesn't even understand what's going on. Natasha has a bit more of an understanding of what's going on. She's trying to protect her. In the end, they both get shuffled off to the Black Widow Red Room program, which, for those of you who don't really know, because it's never been fully explained, aside from the fact that she has, like, some dark past and something to do with Budapest, uh, the, the idea, the backstory to Black Widow is that she was a Russian spy uh, and a part of a secret Russian program called the Red Room which is training, like, young orphans they picked off off the street, uh, specifically women, to be, you know, amazing super spies. They were conditioned to be super obedient, and um, some of them were even injected with, like, borderline super soldier serum. Like, not, like, super, super soldier serum, but they're, you know, about as fast and strong as they, as you can reasonably make someone without having access to that stuff. 
they're not superhuman, but they're pretty damn close. Like, they can shrug off some dumb stuff. Um, they've had some augmentation, that kind of thing. They're still mostly human, but they're, like, I guess, I guess you can call, like, Captain America is, like, superhuman. They're, like, between superhuman and human. Um, but they're mostly just, like, really strong, really fast, really skilled people. And Natasha ended up betraying the Red Room in Budapest. They explained a bit more of what happened with that. Uh, her, she got contacted by S.H.I.E.L.D. They said they could help get her out of this life. Um, she had always been a bit more aware, managed to keep a bit more of herself than the others. So she made a deal with them. She helped kill the Red Room's leader in a massive explosion, which also killed his daughter, or you'll see, uh, which also supposedly killed his daughter as well, because she was the bait to verify that this was actually him. Um, and then him, her and Hawkeye had to go on the run in Budapest for, like, weeks. Uh, they even mentioned at one point they spent, like, a, like two weeks stuck inside a, a uh, air vent. Hiding out. Um, and after that, she was allowed to get a new identity and be a part of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, acting as their new spy. Uh, so she defected over to America, basically. And this movie is all about... Uh, her having to come to terms with the fact that she actually failed to kill the Red Room's leader and they've been operating in secret all this time and now they've upgraded from, you know, simple mental conditioning and, you know, kidnapping orphans to train them up to be obedient super slaves as uh, now they're under full-on, like, sci-fi mind control. So, after a bit of back and forth with stuff, um, they have a... They cut over to uh, Yelena Belova. So she was she was like an adopted sibling to Natasha back during their like undercover days when they were really young, and she um, didn't really know what was going on like Natasha did. Like Natasha understood it was all fake, but Yelena did not understand that. And so while Natasha got out, she assumed that after everything fell apart, Yelena got away, but she didn't get away, and she's been under the mind control. So you see her trying to kill the scientist. Uh, who's working on this weird, you know, work, this weird thing. Um, turns out it's an antidote for the mind control, and she's a former Black Widow who managed to escape the Red Room like Natasha. Um, Yelena ends up killing her on orders, but before she dies, she manages to get off a bit of the red dust, which is her cure. It's a gas that can basically, it basically wipes the mind free of um, mental control. So it just, like, sets you back to your normal self. Moves like any of the techniques they use to influence her thoughts. Um, and you know, Yelena immediately realizes, oh shit, my teen's about to kill me, rips out her tracking device and grabs the antidote and runs because, you know, she can't fight them all on her own. Uh, she ends up sending it to Natasha because she thought, you know, she'd be able to give it to her friends because, again, this is like a week after her uh, battle that Natasha finally gets this stuff. And, um, yeah, she didn't realize, oh, right, she's not friends with Tony Stark and Bruce Banner anymore, so she can't just give it to them. Damn Civil War making things complicated. Oh, well. So, they start, uh, Natasha gets hunt, is, is hunted by Taskmaster, a uh, guy working for the Red Room. He has the ability to mimic, oh, he's fun, he's from the comics. Uh, the Taskmaster in the comics has the ability to mimic anyone's, uh, anything he sees. So, any natural ability he watches someone do, even, like, superhuman stuff, he can mimic. Like, if he sees somebody uh, throw a punch, he can throw a punch exactly like that person. He can mimic their fighting style just by watching them, you know? Uh, which is a really cool power to see, actually. It's really cool. I love the way they present it. Like, having him, like, mimic Natasha's abilities or have him use them in tandem, use her abilities in tandem 
uh, with her own attacks to, like, turn her blows back on her, throw her around. Like, the grappling attack, he, like, reverse grapples her and throws her to the ground. It's really cool. All fun stuff. So, um, you know, they, the whole movie is basically, hey, we gotta take down the Red Room and finish this once and for all. They reunite with their, you know, uh, the rushing Captain America, who had kind of just let it happen, and the former Black Widow, uh, Milena. She's, you know, all this other stuff. And, yeah, so, you know, bring back the family, take down the Red Room, that kind of thing. That's basically the movie. So, yeah. Um, really good. Uh, oh, one fun thing, in case you didn't know. They're kind of setting up Yelena as being, like, the successor to the Black Widow mantle. Because, uh, in the comics, from what I've heard, Yelena took over after Natasha died at one point, or retired, or whatever. Comics are weird. Uh, <laughs> so, apparently, from what, from what I got, they were trying to set up Yelena as, a, you know, a new... Black Widow character they can have. You know, she's basically been trained as a, uh, in the same martial arts as Black Widow. She's literally her sister, trained by the same program, has basically the same backstory with a bit of, you left me there. My sister, my older sister basically left me there while she became a famous superhero bit to it. But for the most part, yeah, she's probably going to be our new Black Widow for the foreseeable future. Although some things at the end did make it that a bit more interesting than I originally thought it was. Um, the actor's all good. I definitely am on board with seeing Yelena as, like, a new Black Widow character. Scarlett Johansson is, as usual, really good with Black Widow. Seriously, I cannot believe it took them this long to give her uh, a movie of her own. She's really good in the role. She deserved this a lot earlier. But, yeah, it's a fun spy thriller. Not nice twists. You know, nice. The the villains get a few twists. The heroes twist it back on them. Uh, you have the fun, rushing Captain America guy who's kind of an asshole, but also kind of a genuine father figure. All that's nice. You have the uh, kind of teary-eyed mother stuff with Milena, although she's a bit emotionally reserved. You get the sense she cares, and they eventually come together as a family. And, you know, all that fun Avengers sort of get family stuff. Um, I actually really liked what they did with Yelena, because there's this big scene where they're, like, all arguing at uh, Melina's house, and it's just like, and all those years were just a fake life that you made so you could steal some freaking data. And Yelena kind of breaks down. She's like, it wasn't fake to me. You all were playing with these, you know, 4D mind games with each other. And I was just trying to have a nice childhood. And then, you know, we ended up fleeing the country in a plane, getting shot at by police after you made us leave the house in the middle of the night. Then me and Natasha got dragged off to a, you know, secret black ops you know, unit being trained from being trained for basically childhood and mind-controlled and conditioned. And then Natasha ended up leaving, and I was just left all alone in the fallout of all your idiotic bullshit. And it's just like, you know, you kind of get the idea. It's like, that wasn't fake to her. Those were, like, her happy memories, the life she had. And hearing Natasha, like, the one person she had always seen as, like, you know, her sister, acting like it just did not matter at all, uh, kind of tip took it out on her. I, I really liked that scene. The whole, the whole like, family dinner scene was actually really good. Loved it. Uh, Natasha got a lot more fleshing out than she did in a lot of the other movies, which is great. So, yeah. Uh, also, the Taskmaster twist was kind of interesting, although I saw it coming from, like, the moment... The moment we found out what the horrible thing Natasha regrets in Budapest was, uh, I, like, called it. I called it. The second I saw what she did, I called it. And I knew it. The Taskmaster I did is a big twist. Uh, so, yeah. That's about it. Uh, I would recommend you go see it. If you're, you know, like the Marvel movies, you're probably going to see it already. But it's also just a fun movie in general. Really nice spy thriller. Lots of good, you know, CGI, good actors, good plot. So, yeah.
All right, from here on out, we're going to go full spoilers. If you have not seen the movie yet, um, go do that and come back and rewatch, listen to this whole thing again because I could really use the views or the listens or whatever you want to call it. We need to find a better word for that. The listens just don't sound right. Anyway, so Taskmaster ends up being uh, the bad guys, Dra- Drakovs. Yeah, Drakov. She he she ends up being uh, it ends up being a she. And she is Drakov's daughter, who, after she was, you know, nearly killed in the explosion, Drakov decided to turn into a super soldier, because I guess that's what you do. Drakov is really, like, cartoonishly evil, but, like, I mean, fine, he's an evil Russian bad guy from the Soviet Union. Like, if you're responsible for anything like the Red Room and the bits we've gotten about that before, you kind of have to be cartoonishly evil. So, well, I'll let that slide. Um, you know, he is threatening, sort of. Not really. Like, okay, Taskmaster is threatening. Drakov is just not. Like, he's always just this... Yeah, I, I take it back. Drakov is not threatening at all. It's Taskmaster. It's all the Taskmaster. Like, once once we get Taskmaster sympathetic, we kind of want just Taskmaster to get, like, saved. Uh, you know, get, like, rescue. She rescues her from this life, just like she rescued all the others. Uh, and they do end up... They end up breeding the Black Widows from the mind control using the... Uh, gas, they find out their black widows all over the planet, but Natasha managed to get a hold of all their locations and, you know, all the data for them after they destroyed the control panels. Um, and so they can just go look for them, you know, find them and save them. Uh, she managed to save a sample and she says, all right. So, so what happens is they attack this like aircraft carrier or floating base that the black, the red room was based out of. So, Melina ends up, Melina, the, uh, Alexei, the Russian Captain America, and Yelena end up being sent off with all the free Black Widows in a, in a jet to go, you know, around the world and free all their, you know, all the other people still under the mind control. Even though they're not, you know, getting orders anymore, they still need to be set free. And, uh, Rome, Natasha, she ends up staying behind to sort of stall for time because she called in, uh, General Ross, so he could, you know, it'd be a nice idea to call on the U.S. government and the Sokovia, and the people responsible for enforcing the Sokovia Accords to deal with the, uh, oh, I don't know, secret Russian, Russian-operated super soldier, super soldier spy assassin area full of, like, illegal super, uh, superhuman mind control stuff. Oh, and they also created somebody who can, you know, mimic the abilities of any person. Yeah, it seems like he really should call the Kobe Accord people so he can stop chasing down Black Widow and, you know, deal with all this nonsense. Um, she ends up escaping, and then, you know, uh, she goes off to go, you know, she gets reunited. She's been feeling disillusioned about the Avengers ever since it got broken up. But after this, she ends up deciding to head off and find Captain America again. And this is supposed to apparently lead directly into her um, going with him to free the other people, the other Avengers who had sided with them, uh, which is like the end credit scene in Civil War. So yeah, um, the really interesting parts of this were probably the double twist with Melina. Uh, she was the scientist who created the mind control stuff, and she didn't realize what it'd been used for. She had called the Red Room as soon as they got there. And after they arrive, her and Black Widow pull, like, the uh, nanomask double, double fake. The nanomask was the thing that can disguise your voice and appearance. Um, it was seen in Black It was seen in the Captain America Winter Soldier. She disguised herself in one of the World Council, whatever. And so, yeah. Um, 
That's about it. The rest of it's all just kind of standard stuff. You know, really good scenes in, um, just really good action scenes mostly. Stuff with the Black Widows is always kind of like, a, a little creepy, honestly. Like, there's this one scene where a Black Widow has been like, knocked, knocked down and taken down and uh, Natasha's gonna try and, you know, get her help or whatever. And this is right after she found out the Red Room still existing again. And right, and right as Elena, like, is about to run out of the door with the cure to, you know, free her from the mind control, the, uh, Drakov hits a button and she starts moving her and says, I don't want to, I don't want to. And she just, like, uses the stingers that Black Widow constantly carries at full power right on her face. And it's just like, wow. Um, from the way Elena described it, too, it's really terrifying. Just, like, the level of mind control. I definitely could find this, I could definitely see this whole mind control thing coming back as a plot point because it's kind of a terrifying premise. Uh, the whole point of the mind control is supposed to be that you don't even realize you're under that control. Uh, Melina t- showed them an example of, like, a pig. She literally hit a button and made the pig stop breathing. Like, it knew it was suffocating, but it couldn't stop, it couldn't breathe. It literally controlled, it literally can control your unconscious actions to such a degree you don't even realize you're being controlled. Like, you can't tell the difference between the orders and your own thoughts. That kind of thing. So, yeah. You know, threatening premise. I could definitely see it coming back, maybe. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, the last thing, though, is the most interesting. They, there was this woman in Captain America Winter Soldier, and I'm in full spoiler mode, so, you know, who was talking with the guy who became U.S. agent, uh, John Walker, called Valentina, and she's been kind of working in the background on that, too, and apparently she's been working in the background on this stuff, because in the post credit scene, we see, uh, Yelena going to Natasha's grave, um, this is after in, in, Infinity War and Endgame, when Natasha has died, you know, gained the Soul Stone so they could save the world. And apparently she's been working for Valentina, doing a few jobs for her. We know Valentina's up to some shady stuff, so maybe that's not a great thing. It's unclear how much she knows, what her motives are right now. But Valentina says, I've got a new job for you. How would you like to kill the person responsible for Natasha's death? And of course, the picture she gives is of Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye, because, you know, they went to go to the Soul Stone together. Um, they, Natasha, both Natasha and, Bar- and Clint decided they, they were going to be the ones who sacrificed themselves for the Soul Stone. But in the end, Natasha managed to beat him, and she sacrificed her life so Clint could bring the Soul Stone back. And so it looks like Valentina's trying to get Yelena to blame um, Hawkeye for, you know, Natasha's death and kill him. Uh, which is definitely interesting. I actually really like to see that. And it makes me actually really interested in that Hawkeye series they're going to be putting on Disney Plus soon. Like, when I heard that, I'm like, eh, it's fine. But Hawkeye's kind of, like, one of the least interesting of all the Avengers to me, personally, at least the movies. Uh, I've always been more, like, if you're looking for, like, one of the more human Avengers, like, really, Tony or Natasha were always more interesting. Her role in Captain America Winter Soldier kind of sold me on her character. But Hawkeye was kind of just always there. Like, he's, you know... He's just the most average Avenger to me. I'm sorry. I know there's some Hawkeye fans out there. Don't know what to tell you. So, yeah. We got some new setup for a Hawkeye show that I'm actually interested in seeing. I really would like to see Elaine appear in that. uh, Because, just personally, I would love to see more of her in this this series. Looks like they're going to be pushing for her to be like the new Black Widow. And you know what? I'm fine with that. She's definitely interesting. Has a cool backstory. uh, Good personality. Good chemistry with uh, people in this movie. I'd definitely like to see what she does in the future. So, yeah. Once again, Marvel has created a really good movie and promised us, like, ten other movies down the line as a result of it. This will never end. Ever. 
But, you know, as long as the movies are good, I don't really care. So, yeah. I'll see you guys this Tuesday, I guess. I'm hoping to finish the last book in the Natural History of Dragons, uh, Sanctuary of Wings, I believe it's called. And uh, hopefully I'll do that. I'm also playing a few video games. We'll see how that goes. And, you know, just see where the entertainment takes us. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. And thank you for listening to The Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week. And you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library 2. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.